0: We heard some great preaching, did we not, Brother Jerry? Brother Larry brought a good message that first night. Uh, Brother Jimmy, Brother Jim Smith's son, brought a message on the times and whatnot. And then Brother Jim followed that up Wednesday night, kind of like a continuance of the message his son brought. And then Thursday night, I just kind of tried to uh, bring us back to what we have in the Lord, Romans chapter 5, 6 to 11, everything. We've been justified, reconciled, atoned. We are the Lord's. So don't give up. Don't be afraid. Even though times are bad and, and we ain't seen nothing yet. It's going to get worse before Jesus comes back. But he is coming back. Amen. But as I was in my recliner yesterday, and I'll be honest, man... I've been tired, but I ain't been that tired in a while. But as I was in my recliner, I was thinking about, Lord, just lay something on my heart so I can feed your people. That'll make sure that they're fed and that'll go along with kind of what we heard this past week. So God led me to the book of Judges, chapter 2. So turn your Bibles over to Judges, chapter 2. By the way, Brother Jim... You don't go by Mike Goldhammer, do you? I didn't think so. Somebody gave them our address, Mike Goldhammer. So we'll just have to put that back in the mailbox and run a line through it. But go to chapter 2, book of Judges. Now, Judges, when I was getting my degree, uh, I had to do a whole book in the Old Testament and a whole book in the New Testament of outlines. So I chose Judges, and I'm thankful that I did. One, because there ain't that many chapters, amen? I'll be honest. But I made up for it, because in the New Testament, I chose the book of Mark. There's lots there. But you had to send your outlines in, and then they would grade your outlines and all that. English and your, the way you wrote things out, your punctuation and oh Lord, help me! I had lots of red marks on my sermons. But, anyways, to make a long story short, Judges is a good book. Over in fact, in fact, uh, over in Judges 17 in verse six, it says there was no king in Israel, and that men did that which was right in their own eyes. Folks, you'll get in trouble when you don't have the Lord over your life. Amen? And you start trying to do on your own. That is a way to fail every time. So is everybody in chapter 2? Judges chapter 2. We're going to begin with verse 7. And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died being a 110 years old. And they buried him in the border of his inheritance in timnath Heres, and the mountain of Ephraim on the north side of the hill Gosh. And also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers, and there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods and the gods of the people that were round about them and bowed themselves under them and provoked the Lord to anger. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I love you and praise you. And I just ask now that as we break the bread of life, you'll bless it. You'll give me the words to say to Share with your people. Dear God, we want your flock fed, your mighty word this morning. Please speak to hearts, open eyes and ears to receive what you have for them today. And Lord, may we be encouraged in your word this morning. Father, I thank you for everyone gathered, each home that's represented. Lord, we've got several that are out due to illness, travel. Lord, we pray you'll bring them back to us, Lord. And dear God, I just ask that you be those prayer requests that were spoken and those that are on our heart unspoken. Just let your will be done with each as you see fit. Pray now, Lord, that you'll bless the message. If there's one here today that knows not Christ and the free pardon of sin, I pray your Holy Spirit will draw them to you in salvation before it's too late. I love you and I praise you. Give me my sins. In Jesus' name I pray. Ask these things. Amen. Please be seated. Joshua was a servant of the Lord. Now, Joshua served with Moses when he was leading the children of Israel out of Egypt in bondage. And then, as he was doing that the whole time, the Lord was preparing. Him, because eventually Moses would die and then he would take over as the leader, okay? And the Bible tells us, in beginning in verse 7, and the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua. Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. So, again, here's Joshua faithfully, Serving the Lord and the children of Israel. And everybody in that generation that followed Joshua, they followed him because he was obedient to the Lord. And he didn't make no qualms. He always lifted up the Lord. Now understand this morning. Our country is in trouble. Amen? Y'all believe that? Our country is in bad trouble. And I'll tell you the problem. They're just like the children of Israel here in Egypt. That generation that died out, that followed after the man of God and served faithfully God and served the Lord, they died out. The generation that come up behind them didn't know God at all. And that's where we are today. Now listen to me. There's still hope. Why? Why? Because the church hasn't been called up to meet the Lord in the air yet. There's still hope. But we're on the precipice of literally being a godless nation. And the children that are coming up in this generation. I'm sorry to say they have not been told about Christ. And they have no desire to serve Christ, but listen, before we point fingers at them and say, well, they're just that generation. Too bad. They don't want nothing to do with God. Then they can just have it. No, listen to me. The problem is we as the Lord's people have failed them. Now, that won't be popular, but the truth is the truth. You see, there are a hundred, according to... The uh, Barna Group, which talks about churches and all, between the unchurched and the de-churched, and what I mean by de-churched are those that once served faithfully in the jer- in the church, but now they've walked away from serving the, God, the Lord. Uh, it's 156 million. Think about that. That is a little more than half the population in the United States. So half of our country is lost and they're unchurched so they are a generation that doesn't serve the Lord that should break our hearts now here's the thing about Joshua turn over to the book of Joshua real quick Joshua was a man of faith a servant of God Joshua chapter 24 Turn over there for a second. Remember, what does the Bible say? He lived to be 110 years old. And before he died, he gathered all the people of Israel to speak to him and encourage them one last time. And this is what he said to them. Verse 20. If you forsake the Lord and serve strange gods, then he will turn and do you hurt and consume you. After that he hath done you good. And the people said unto Joshua, Nay, but we will serve the Lord. And Joshua said unto the people, Ye are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen, you the Lord, to serve him, and they said, We are witnesses. Now therefore put away, said he, the strange gods which are among you, and incline your heart unto the Lord God of Israel. And the people said unto Joshua, The Lord our God will we serve, and his voice will we obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and set them a statute. And an ordinance in Shechem. And Joshua wrote these words. In the book of the law of God. And took a great stone. And set it up there. Under an oak. That was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And verse 27 says. And Joshua said. Unto all the people. Behold. This stone. Shall be a witness unto us. For it hath heard. All the words of the Lord which he spake unto us. It shall be therefore a witness unto you. Lest you deny your God. Now they all in his generation. Remembered the works of God. And they remembered how God had led them. And took care of them as they wandered in the wilderness. To the promised land they remembered that was that generation but as if you go back to chapter two of judges now turn your bibles back there and again notice what it says and the people served the lord all the days of joshua he lived to be a hundred and ten years old serving god faithfully and all the days of the elders that outlived joshua who had seen all the great works of the lord that he did for Israel, and Joshua the son of Nun, that the servant of the, the, servant of the Lord died, being a hundred and ten years old. Now, notice again, that generation had no problem serving God. They had witnessed what God had done. They had seen with their own eyes the hand of God as they moved across the wilderness into the Promised Land, and they followed obediently. Joshua, because Joshua was a man of God that followed the Lord obediently. And he charged them, right, to put away their strange gods. He charged them, stay faithful to God. And the reason our country is in the shape she's in, the reason our churches are in the shape that they're in, is because we have not been faithful to God. why we're where we're at. As I was listening to Brother Jimmy and Brother Jim, as they brought forth the word of God, I couldn't help but think, it's our fault. The church has went to sleep. Leaders in the church are not preaching the word of God like it once was proclaimed. They're not teaching They're not being the examples. And in fact, they're not answering the call to preach anymore. And what breaks my heart is there is the mantle. And yet no one wants to pick up the mantle and get in behind the pulpit and declare, Thus saith the Lord. Why? Because there is a generation that is coming up that knows not the lord and again you can't do anything but point the finger at yourself are you the example as i thought in 20 years our young people are growing up so fast my goodness i remember when i first took this church little bitties they're all grown some of them now have their own families Some of them are now in college. And by the way, you know what breaks my heart? Generally speaking, those that end up going to college never darken the doors of the church again because they have been brainwashed, secular types of society and hooey-fooey. I could even be plainer, but I won't. But again, again, Joshua lived faithfully. And because he was a faithful leader of God, guess what? The children of Israel was faithful. But they eventually died out. Now, I asked you the question just a moment ago. In 20 years, where will Lone Mountain be? Think about that. 20 years from now, if the Lord delays his return, Children that we have, where will they be? Will they be found behind the pulpit? Will they be found in the pew serving God faithfully? Or will they be in the world? Church, we have to make sure we proclaim the word of God and we teach them. Amen? Now notice what it says. Of course, 9 talks about where they buried him. But verse 10, and also all that generation that were gathered unto their fathers, talking about Joshua's generation, all those that followed him, they eventually passed on. Let me stop right there and just say this. If the Lord delays his coming, we, church, are eventually going to pass on. What is going to be left to take up the mantle for the Lord Jesus Christ here at Low Mountain? It's up to me and you to make sure that there is a generation that knows the Lord and that still serves the Lord. Notice, and there arose another generation after them which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. Only after the last of that generation of Joshua was dead, buried, and gone to be with the Lord, only a short period, and then there came another generation that didn't know the Lord or his works. And beloved, all I can say this morning to you is that's the generation that's today. You say, oh, that was way back years and years before the Lord came. This generation after generation after generation after generation just keeps multiplying to where we are today. America was founded by God's grace, founded on this book here, the Word of God, God's holy word. And people today mock this, spit on it. They hate the Lord. They don't want nothing to do with God. They want nothing to do with him in the schools in even in the churches. Those that are in the churches have become an and I'll get in trouble all they are, are little clubs that have a little religion in them with a little religious twist the average church doesn't proclaim the Word of God you say "Bro John that sounds judgmental no I'm telling you the truth they're not teaching the gospel Oh, they might say something every now and then about God how good he is but they don't preach the gospel what is the gospel it's his death, it's his burial, it's his resurrection. They declare, we true churches, declare that Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is God. Jesus came, lived a perfect life, no sin found on him, therefore he could be the perfect sacrifice. He died on the cross to atone for the world's sin and those that come. And confess their sin and place their faith in what Christ did on the cross, are saved. That's the gospel. And that's what we should be teaching. That's what we should be preaching. Not preaching, oh, it's okay. As long as you're sincere, you're okay with God. Ah, no, that ain't gonna get you to heaven. As long as you're good, it's okay. God's gonna weigh out the good and the bad. That's not the gospel. And that won't get you to heaven. Oh, you're parent for good. You come from good stock. Because they were Christians, God's just going to say, okay, you're part of the family. Come on in. No, that won't get you there. You must be born again. You must be saved by the blood of Jesus. Now, here's a generation. Which knew not God. Nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And served Balaam. Now Balaam was a false god in that day. Pagan. Made by man's hands. And the whole generation. I'm talking about Israel. Worshipped at the altar of Balaam, instead the altar of the Lord. We see the same thing today. You know, the Lord said you can't serve two masters. You'll either cling to the one and hate the other, right? We've got lots of folks that are... Cleaving to the altar of Balaam. And let me say this. It doesn't always start out quick. You see, what starts out in a church is a little complacency. Here, maybe a little there. Then the next thing you know, a little neglect here. And then a little neglect there. And before you know it, you're not serving God at all. Oh, I'll get in trouble for what I'm fixing to say. Understand something. We're talking about Balaam. We're talking about false gods. and Anything that's not the true living God is a false god you're serving. Okay? Nowadays, it's like pulling teeth to get people to be faithful and come to church. Because as long as it agrees with their schedule, okay, I'll come to church. But if it goes against my schedule, you know, I've got soccer practice. I got football practice. I got this practice. I got that practice. Listen to me and you listen good. Go ahead. Put those things ahead of God and watch how God gets your attention. He ain't going to serve second to anyone or anything. I'm trying to save you from a little pain. Nobody likes to hear that. Now, don't get me wrong. I love athletics. That's part of my problem with the need. But you can't put those things ahead of God and his service. Can't do it. If you do, you're going to ask for him to get your attention. Why do you think the world and society here in America is in the shape that they're in. It's because we've made our priorities more important than God's. What's God's priority? He wants to evangelize the whole world. He wants people not to perish and go to hell. And he's commissioned his church. And by the way, y'all are Lone Mountain, you're his church. He's commissioned us to take the gospel to them. We can't be complacent and neglect the call to share Christ. Amen? Mm-hmm. Amen? Amen? Listen what it says. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, Sir Balaam, and they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods. And of the, go- of the gods of the people that were round about them and bowed themselves unto them. and What does it say? Provoked the Lord to anger. I'm going to tell you. (coughs) I can make you mad. You can make me mad. But when you make the Lord mad, it's over. Amen? You can just bank on it. What happened, Pastor John? Oh, read on in your Bible and you'll find out what God did for their nonsense. And beloved, we were talking about complacency. We were talking about neglect just a few moments ago. That is the biggest hindrance in the Lord's church today. You see, we just... Set back. We're afraid. Oh my goodness, they'll come against us. Let them. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You and the Lord make a majority. Do you understand that? That's probably a storm alert. I'm sorry. If it starts raining, you might see me crawl outside and just lay in the rain. Because I like to see the rain. Amen. Out here in the desert, I guess y'all got a pretty good gully washer while we were gone. We had a gully washer every day. In Prescott, it rained every day. And when it rains in Prescott, Brother Bob, you've been there, you couldn't even see the buildings that's coming down so hard. And it was 60 degrees. Friday, we, we pulled in here, what, about 2, thirty two o'clock? First thing I did when I got out of the truck. Oh, my Lord, I'd like to drive back to Prescott. Hot. Oh, it wasn't hot. It was only 98. Hot. Uh-uh. Brother, hush. Hush. No, it is. That, it gets hot here. you know what as hot as it gets here doesn't compare to a hell that awaits those that don't trust Jesus as their Savior so that's right sister so his anger was kindled against the children of Israel because they were a generation that knew not the Lord and beloved that's where we're at today America And society here or that generation. And unless we get our act together, roll up our sleeves and do what God's called us to do, then the generation that comes behind us is going to be that generation that knows not the Lord or his works. We're that close to losing this generation. And again, Whose fault is it? It's our fault. You say, oh, no, I'm not going to take responsibility. It ain't my fault. It's the pastor's fault. It's the Sunday school teacher's fault. It's society's fault. No, it's not. It's your fault. As a parent, you have children in your home that God expects you to teach them his word. You say, Brother John, I don't like that. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. That's your responsibility. While I'm here, yes, when we're in church capacity, yes, it's my responsibility to make sure that Sunday school, the Word of God is being taught, to make sure that when it comes time to worship, I preach the Word of God. But after they go out those doors, Mama and Daddy, Grandma and Grandpa, those kids are your responsibility. You say, well, where do you find that? Well, I sure am glad you asked. You know what the solution is to this problem here in Judges chapter 2 is? It's in the Word. Go to Psalm 78 for a second. Psalm 78. And By the way, I won't keep you too long. Not one minute after dawn in the morning. We'll be here if we need to be. Psalm seventy. here is the solution. I'm not just making it up as I go. It's the Word of God. Look at verse 4. We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He hath done. What are we to do? We are to proclaim God's word and teach our children God's word, his statutes, his law. We are to teach them. Look at verse 5. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children. Can't be any plainer. Fathers, we as the spiritual head of our houses have an obligation to teach our children God's word. Amen. And then look at verse 6 that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise. And declare them to their children. You see, our grandparents taught our parents' generation the word of God. And then our parents' generation taught us. And praise God, that generation taught us. Now, we have children, those of us that are growing. It's our responsibility to teach them. And then their children are to teach the next generation. Do you see how God intended it to be? We teach every generation about the Lord and his love for us. We teach them about what Christ did on the cross on our behalf. And then finally, look at verse 7 that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. You see, I know growing up, I know you younger people especially, your attention span isn't very long. And sometimes you think, oh, them old fuddy-duddies, I wish they'd just hush." I've heard it once, I've heard it a hundred times. Just hush, but understand something. You know why we have to keep going over and over and over and over? By doing so, you learn to keep His commandments. We're trying to save you heartache. We're trying to share the goodness of God with you. Understand his sacrifice 2,000 years ago on a cross for you and I and for the whole world. What he had to suffer to redeem us. I never get tired of hearing about his love and his grace. And I can't thank him enough for what he did 2,000 years ago when he died to pay our penalty so that we could be reconciled to God. You see, we owe it to our kids and our grandkids to share Christ. To let them know if they're not saved, that Christ is their only hope. Christ is the only way to heaven. Christ is the only way to be reconciled to God. There's no other way. And here is the greatest news of all Christ loves you and me. Say, I'm pretty bad, preacher. All of us have said, come short of the glory of God. So you ain't no worse than what I was. In fact, you know, we tend to say, well, you know, he's really bad because he shot up a school and killed some kids. And all I did was get drunk. In God's eyes, I'm just as guilty because it's sin. And Jesus died for our sins. And Jesus doesn't love me more than he loves that person that shot up to school. He loves us all the same. But we need to come to Christ. And we need to pray for our country. And pray that men of God will take up the mantle and preach the word of God. And we need to pray that our churches will be about a great commission sharing the gospel because if we sit complacent and don't do it then the generation coming up behind us will be that generation that doesn't know God that should be a very sobering thought to you and I we're that far away a hundred and fifty six Million people. There's 330 million people that are in America. 156 million, over half, are unchurched, lost, and dechurched. That is a scary, scary number. So, my question to you in closing. You're going to serve faithfully. You're going to be an example. Are you going to teach the statutes of God's word to your children and your grandchildren? Or are you just going to sit there and neglect your duty? And then when the world ends up like it is. And by the way, do you like the world the way it is right now? Everybody's against everybody. Hate. Killing a life isn't worth anything to some of these people. They'll, ju- they'll just soon kill you to look at you. It's coming. Remember when Moses and I hush. remember when Moses was up on Mount Sinai getting the law of God? And remember Aaron and all of them was down there waiting. And they began to uh, let their minds and their flesh take over. And they built a golden calf, remember? And remember when they came down, Moses was a little upset. Do you blame him? You think he was upset. What do you think about the Lord? Ten Commandments. Tablets, stone were broken, weren't they? He went down inquiring, all right, who did this? And, of course, like the average Baptist, even though they were (laughs) Israelites, they began to make excuses and say, well, pointing fingers at everybody else, but who truly got into it? But what did Moses say? Because God instructed him. You draw a line. Just draw the line. Those of you on the Lord's side, you get over this way. Those of you that aren't on the Lord's side, guess what? We're going to take care of you. And he commanded the Levites to what? Take the sword and to kill them. You say, Brother John, that's awful. God said, finally said, that's enough. There was a little over 3,000 that lost their lives that day. He said, Well, why would God do that? You cut. We call it back home, cutting the cull. You cull. Those that don't want to serve God, that are going to influence God's people to give into the flesh and do wrong, you don't want them around. He said, Brother John, that's harsh. But that's the truth. There is a line getting drawn. Don't be surprised. If it's the devil and his group trying to cull us, those that stand for God and his word. Don't be surprised. It's coming. So while we still have breath, while we still have the liberty and freedom that we do have today, let's be about his business and let's make sure our children and grandchildren, that generation, doesn't forget about God. Amen? I'll close with this again. Maybe you're here this morning and you know that in our own strength and power there's nothing we can accomplish. It can't be done in our strength and our power. But I assure you we can accomplish much with the power and strength of God in our lives. Maybe some of you are to come to the altar and say, Lord, give me strength. Give me power so that I might withstand the wiles of the devil and that I might make sure I'm living like I should so that the generation coming up behind me will be faithful. Maybe you're here under the sound of my voice and, and you've never been saved. You're an unbeliever. I want to say one more time, Jesus loves you. And I don't care what your problem is, Jesus has the answer come to him. He and he alone is the only one that can save you. And he offers you salvation. But you have to come and accept him as your savior. Come do that. And for the rest of us, pray that God will use us for the time we have left. And pray for Lone Mountain Baptist Church, that it will always be a light in this dark world. It will be a church that is faithfully preaching and teaching the Word of God. And pray for our children growing up here, that when they grow up and they go out into the world, they will be grounded in the Word of God, and they will be faithful In serving God. I don't want our kids to be a part of a generation that doesn't know God. That breaks my heart. So pray for our kids.